0: Welcome back to the Carnivore Yogi Podcast. This is episode 14, and today I have Steve Wright back on the podcast again. The first episode I had with Steve was really not so long ago. We talked about people who still struggle with IBS, loose stools, bloating, digestion issues, even after they have gone to a carnivore diet, so well after they have gotten through that adaptation period because... This is something that I see happen a lot, unfortunately, so I will make sure to link that in the show notes for you guys if you want to go back and listen to that episode if you haven't heard it already, but I brought Steve back on because when we did that initial episode, he actually sent me some of his digestive enzymes and some of his uh, HCL, and I thought, you know what, my digestion's actually pretty good, I don't really need this stuff, but... (laughs) The thing is, I didn't know that my digestion could be even better. I was, a couple things I was struggling with is that I wasn't going to the bathroom every single day. Um, It was usually every third day, every other day, and that I couldn't eat more than three or four ounces of protein per meal without getting really tired or without having a blood sugar consequence. And that's something that I really did want to improve, my protein handling. Um, because i think you do need to eat more protein especially as we get older i think it's an amazing building block for the body the body is made out of protein and fat so that is something that i have just kind of put under the rug and just said well i'm just gonna have to be kind of a moderate to lower protein uh, type of person this is just how my body operates and so since starting the products and steve and i actually talk about the mechanism behind this Of optimizing digestion, I have been able to lose three more pounds. But more important than the three pounds is that I can eat more protein now. I can eat six or eight ounces of protein per meal, and I usually eat around three meals a day. And I don't have blood sugar consequences, and I don't feel tired after my meals. So this is really, really huge for me. And I will also link in the show notes, I'm going to allow healthy gut which is steve's company to sponsor the podcast today so if you are doing carnivore and you or keto and you're struggling to eat more protein you're still getting the blood sugar issues and possibly still having loose stools, and you're just not optimized with your digestion, then I would definitely recommend checking out his products. Now, he's given me discounts for you guys to use, and that will be in the show notes. There's a special link that you can use on your very first time purchase with these products. And I've just purchased another round of them. He sent me some, and I've just purchased another round of them because I'm so excited of how well they've worked. And we did talk about in this episode, you know, how long someone would need to be on a regimen like this. And it really does depend on how much damage you've done. Uh, we talked about how our enzymatic function declines with age, uh, how stress depletes our stomach acid. And, you know, for me, reintroducing some foods, a mistake that I made, and how the enzymes actually helps me to recover. So there's a lot of great stuff in this episode for you guys. I really do hope that you're gonna enjoy it and I will link those products below if you're interested in trying them out. The other cool thing about the products is that you get added to a Facebook group with Steve is in the Facebook group. He has health coaches in the Facebook group so that you can actually get troubleshooting when you get the products of how to use them, how much to take. Are you someone that tends towards constipation or are you someone that tends towards loose stools? This Facebook group is really there to help you troubleshoot that. There's extensive instructions, and I have just found it to be so incredibly helpful for myself. So thank you guys again for listening. I'm also allowing Thrive to sponsor this episode as well. The cool thing about Thrive, I just retested my gut, and there's a full YouTube episode talking about this. But one thing that Thrive Test will tell you is your ability to handle protein. It's protein handling. My score in January was a 45. It said I had very poor protein handling, which made perfect sense. I mean, I (laughs) was tired after I had too much protein. It was just hard for me to digest a lot of it at once and it would make me have higher blood sugar. Since doing this regimen with the enzymes and the HTL and Steve's program, I'm eating more protein and my gut test with Thrive actually said, that I have a 75 now, which is excellent protein handling. So I'm really excited to, number one, feel this in my own body. So always go by your symptoms, but then actually to see it out on this test, my newest gut health test that I did with Thrive, that my protein handling has increased, that my gut has gotten better in that regard, was really exciting to me. So. If you're curious where you stand with your protein handling or how you stand with your gut microbiome, what is your level of good bacteria? Do you have a lot of bad bacteria? Then I highly recommend getting a test with Thrive. You can use my link. It will give you 50% off. That will be in the show notes. But if you just want to get to it now, it's www.trythrive.com backslash carnivore yogi and it's a really great insight it's a really great way to look into your gut and then to see how things go so this was my third thrive test my first two thrive tests my protein handling was really bad i'm pretty sure my first test it was like a 35 so it did go up to a 45 after just three months of using the probiotics but then after using these healthy gut supplements it has gone to a 75 and i can feel it i can eat more protein i feel better So this is all good stuff. All right, guys, I will not talk anymore. Let's go ahead and jump into the show with Steve. I hope you do enjoy it. And I will talk with you guys soon. All right, you guys, thank you so much for coming back and tuning in. I have a returning guest with me, uh, Stephen Wright, who is, I will put the link of the interview that we did just probably like six weeks ago about his whole journey to healing IBS and just his whole gut healing journey. And you know, I was like, we're going to do a part two, a follow-up because he sent me some of these products. And I, I was kind of just like, you know, whatever, a little bit skeptical, but I've had some really amazing results over the last six weeks. And I'm like, let me just bring him back and kind of talk about this. I know a lot of you guys are trying out these products. So uh, thanks Steve for making the time to to come back and chat with me today.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me, Sarah. I'm, I'm yeah, I'm just very excited that you're enjoying the products and it seems like your followers are into them. So yeah, I'd love to just keep talking digestion and trying to help a lot of people.
0: Yeah. And you know, the funny thing is I thought my digestion was like really super good. <laughs> you know, I didn't think it would. And I have people that message me constantly. This is the other reason I wanted to bring you on for that first interview. I'm constantly having people message me and they're trying to eat more protein, eat more fat, and they're not digesting it. it is going right through them. They're having horrible indigestion and loose stool. Still, I wasn't having any of those issues. So the fact that I kind of started this protocol and saw things get better, I, when I didn't even know they were like bad, I was just kind of blown away with that. So yeah, I'm very appreciative.
1: (laughs) Yeah. and, And that's common. I mean, like when you have, um, when you have like overt digestive upset and you're going to the bathroom with diarrhea, mm-hmm. like a lot or super constipated or super bloated or something like that, like it's pretty overt, it, but like, I think we don't, it, it's like finances. We don't teach our kids accounting or finances in school. Mm-hmm. And so we all come out with these weird money assumptions. And so I think we don't teach a lot about digestion and, and pooping and, and food in school or in college. And so we have some assumptions about how how we are like we're healthy or we're or, or like we're totally good like we have no issues um and then there's this totally other level that you can get to um yeah for most people
0: and the, the thing is and i know this is like a few questions down i sent steve a list of things i wanted to talk about but i have done some hair tissue mineral testing i've done this over the last nine months or so i'll do it every three months and one of the things that came up on my last htma was that i had low copper which blew me away because I eat beef liver like five times a week. And I'm like, I'm eating one of the most copper rich foods (laughs) that you possibly can and have low copper. So I'm really excited to see how that changes on my next HTMA after being on the, uh, the enzymes, the holozyme for, for a little while, but I, I have a lot more energy, which is, amazing. Um, just, just from the last six weeks of using the product. So, um, can you talk about that a little bit of just the the absorption issue and and how we may be eating these really amazing nutrient dense foods, but not getting the benefit from them?
1: Yeah, it's, it's something that I've become a bit of an advocate for, which is that I myself spend a a lot of time sourcing the right foods and a lot of Mm -hmm. money, uh, on those foods. And then a lot of, Effort trying to turn those foods into something delicious that I will continue to eat, and I've gone through many phases as we talked about in the last uh, interview around certain diets that I've tried in the past. And when I kind of got into the research of stomach acid and enzymes, I was sort of blown away. Also, I've I've had some like deep, long-standing relationships where we're of different body types, and to see that different body types. Like eating 3,000 calories a day. 3,000 calories a day for somebody might cause like a pound a week in weight gain. Mm -hmm. But for the same, let's say even women or or a man, excuse me, um, if their enzymes in their HCL aren't working good enough, that might be a weight loss diet for another individual because they're so malabsorbing their nutrients. And when I started to like see that with my co founder at the time who was, I'm the sort of like calorie harvester and he was like the calorie releaser <laughs> and it, it was it was really shocking to me to realize that so much more goes into to our health and our, our nutrient status than yeah. just those three those three variables and so um, now many years into this and many years into research it's it's pretty clear that if your stomach acid isn't properly, strong enough. Um, sure. You're not going to kill incoming parasites or bacteria. And that's, that's cool and kind of scary. But the real thing is that when the food is in that sort of acid bath with some enzymes, it starts to, uh, open up. So like m- very much in like a 3d world and like very much in a me- mechanical fluid dynamics type of digestion, our enzymes in our, on our stomach acid sort of open things up almost like you're opening a flower. And if you mm-hmm. ever, Like if you, if a bee wants access to the inside of the flower, like it's got to wait for that to open. Well, acid and enzymes sort of open up our nutrient capacity to get access to them, to actually absorb them. And so without really good working HCL, really good working enzymes, um, that process may only happen, you know, a certain amount. And, and therefore we could be giving up part of the nutrients from that, that, that meal basically.
0: Wow. I think this is happening for a lot of people. I mean, I see so many people that are, like you said, they're very careful. They're very picky about how they're sourcing their foods and, you know, really trying to get the best of things. And they're still, I mean, they're just obviously not absorbing those nutrients. And so, yeah, I, like I said, I'm going to be curious to see how that next HTMA looks. Yeah. Yeah,
1: And if you have any iron testing, that's another great Mm. one for, especially for women, because it tends to fluctuate a little bit more than for men. Um, but yeah, uh, basically really solid stomach acid and enzymes are crucial for your, your mineral absorption, which Mm. includes magnesium, calcium, copper, iron. Uh, and, and then of course you have your vitamins like B12 and whatnot. But if, if you're someone who has historical data showing that you have some of these nutrient deficiencies, of course it could be a lot of other things, but starting from, you know, first principles, first principles are like, can can you actually harvest the nutrients from, like you said, from the liver, which is like Mother Nature's multivitamin? Like right. If you, can't, if you can't absorb that, then it's it's going to be tough.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you know I'm going to get my B12 tested again soon. But historically, and I haven't in a, in a while, but historically, my B12 when I've had it tested, it shows that I have too much B12, and my you know typical my doctor is just like, oh, stop taking B12 immediately, stop, and I'm like. I think that actually means I'm not absorbing it, (laughs) That it's kind of, yeah, because I've been, I was supplementing with it when I was vegan and then I kept supplementing it with it after veganism, just thinking, I just definitely need this. And uh, yeah, when I've ever had it tested, it's always like excess amounts of B12. And I'm like, well, something doesn't sound right about that.
1: Yeah, and there's a whole... I mean this is whole a whole it's another
0: broad interview topic. for
1: probably not me but somebody else yeah. but what's totally true is is that we have the serum values like or the hair tissue values yeah. and all these values are not necessarily correlated like what is in our blood may not be in our cells that's why you see something yes. like magnesium versus magnesium RBC levels which is the what got in the red blood cells so there's definitely a big um are a growing movement right now around B12 levels and whether or not there's a transporter issue, getting the B12 out of the blood and into the cells. So, you know, there are things like, uh, SpectraCell does a nutrient test. Um, mm. but even all these testing methods are, are, are very imperfect in yeah. my opinion, at the moment, we just, we, we, when you start to get down to these uh, sort of questioning these first principles, you start to realize how much we don't really yet get about physiology.
0: Yeah, like you said, how much is actually getting into the cell? That's, that's a tricky part. Right. Cool, Well, I'm gonna back up to the first topic <laughs> on my list, okay. which is the, the whole thing of weight loss. And yep. that's a lot of my audience. I have a lot of people with major weight loss resistance. Um, they've done a carnivore diet or they've done a keto diet for a really long time. And they're stuck, or they've gained weight, or they're gaining weight and can't stop gaining weight. And I definitely fell into that as well. Um, but you know, I've started adding some, doing some diet variation, which has helped a lot. And I also saw some more weight come off after starting these products. And I don't have tons of weight to lose or anything like that, but you know. <laughs> once you're over 40, kind of let little, every little bit, you're like, Oh, Hey, <laughs> that's nice. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to talk about that whole topic, um, the HCL the enzymes, how that can help with weight loss.
1: Yeah. It, it's look, I don't want to be, I'm not going to be the the miracle guy. Cause I've, I've bought enough miracle products, and, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> that I, there's no, there's no miracles. There's no one size fits all here. Um, but my experience, and I think you're, uh, a testament to that is that when you optimize your digestion, especially HCL and enzymes, you kind of cause like a systemic shift in the body that tends to result in somewhere between a five and maybe twenty percent uh, accumulated like loss each month. So, like if you're already losing a pound, you might get another, you know, five percent to twenty percent on that uh, pound. So it might be worth a little bit more, like a a pound, 1.2 pounds or something like that accumulated over a year. That really adds up. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, and, and there's several factors on why that happens. Um, one of those is just protein, um, amino acids and protein. So, uh, Stefan Guiana is a great, uh, PhD uh, has written a lot about that that basically protein is the most satiation mm-hmm. satiating molecule macro molecule that we, that we can eat. So if we up our protein and we're able to digest it and absorb it, normally that will kick off a series of events where we're more satiated. We have less desire to eat spontaneously. We have less cravings. And then when you go down the rabbit hole of like amino acids are the building blocks of our neurotransmitters, um, you start to see we're like, wow, if you have low amino acids, you might have dysregulated brain signaling Mm -hmm. or low serotonin, low dopamine, who knows which one based on your chemistry, but you could see how, if you don't provide the building blocks for your body, um, things could start to go sideways in what causes us to be hungry in the first place, or what causes us maybe to be a little bit more emotional or reactive Mm -hmm. things like this, that also drive behaviors that include eating too many more or more calories than what we'd actually need physiology wise. Yeah. So my point of view is that, uh, basically people who are looking to lose weight, um, if you can optimize for protein, you're going to have an easier time, both mentally and physically getting that to happen because of just the, the cascade that happens with more protein and more amino acids in the body. And I also think that if you look at um, Olympic athlete and uh, weightlifters and, and like these really advanced specimens of humans, they use a lot of amino acids
2: mm.
1: to stay doing that kind of workload. And we're talking like, you know, 20, 30, 40 grams of amino acids. Um, I often think that the needs of a chronically sick person are not that much different than an Olympian because mm-hmm. they're going after different challenges. They have different stressors, but the demands on the body for someone who's battling, you know, um, some sort of like intense digestive issue or some sort of like Hashimoto's or mold or mm-hmm. some sort of like intense issue who's to say that's not as hard as running a marathon like oh, yeah. it seems to be the physiology changes such that you would see an uh, a extreme overtraining basically yeah. and so i've seen as well that supplemental amino acids and or optimizing your protein intake can really help those with with um energy issues any sort of of chronic health issues
0: Yeah. And the issue I kept running into when I tried to add more protein was that it would make my blood sugar run quite a bit higher and it would make me feel tired. I'd feel exhausted. And so I was just like, well, I have to take the protein down. I have to moderate it, which I still don't do like an ounce of protein per pound of body weight. I still or desired body weight. I'm still not there yet but I have been able since adding in some HCL and the enzymes to eat more protein. And so I think that's been really helpful. And I don't see my blood sugar running in those higher numbers, the nineties, low hundreds anymore. I'm not exhausted after a meal if I do have more protein in that meal. So I feel like my body can actually digest the protein now or before, even though I was doing like a carnivore diet for a couple of years, like I said, after every meal, I would just be so exhausted. And I was having these issues with my blood sugar. So I kind of had to take that protein down. And as a result, I was way more hungry. Um, <laughs> and yeah. I had, I ate more, you know, it's like when you're trying to do a high fat carnivore diet, I think we can run into the satiety issue because you're trying to live off of more fat and you're not eating that high protein amount. So I think that you think that had something to do with, the weight loss and just, just the ability to absorb that protein a little bit better.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, I think, especially with the holozymes, when you're breaking your, uh, when you're breaking your food down and allowing your small intestine to absorb it, um, basically as it's intended instead of like, maybe like too low in the, in the intestinal tract because it's going too slowly due to uh, low HCL or low enzyme function. So basically if you think about it, you're, you're working on a time gradient over time and we have the ability to absorb nutrients along this track of, of tissue, but it's also on time. It's on a schedule Mm -hmm. like a train in in a way and a great analogy, but if the window for optimal absorption is say the first half of the intestine and the nutrients don't become available to the, to the back half of the intestine, not only could we get some malabsorption issues, but, you, you could drive microbiome changes, mm-hmm. you know, uh, overgrowth in the small intestine. Mm-hmm. Um, and it could be, you know, it could definitely be related to insulin resistance and things like that. I mean, I can't tell you the exact mechanism. I'm not aware of anyone who studied that at this point. Right. Um, but I think what we can say, at least your experience, and hopefully your followers will be doing some similar experiments is that When you optimize for the way the body is set up to absorb nutrients at the right times, it seems that the physiology responds with better insulin sensitivity, Mm -hmm. better nutrient absorption, more satiety. Um, You know, I think, well, you tell me, it sounds like energy's increased. Have Mm -hmm. your moods or um, reactivity changed at all?
0: Yeah. The thing is that I had kind of taken my workouts down a little bit because I had just been a little bit more tired. You know, I'm working out six days a week now. And I, I was probably just forcing myself to do three and now I'm at six. I'm like, Oh, this is awesome. Um, and I'm not feeling it's not like I'm forcing myself. I'm not exhausted while I'm doing it. So that's (laughs) a big, big improvement for me, big energy increase right there. So I feel like I'm actually able to use what I'm eating instead of like, kind of using it. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, no, I do hundred percent. Again, from, if we look at it from an exercise physiology, like you were in a place of like overtrained, right. You mm-hmm. couldn't get arrested. You couldn't get like your internal drive to even do the things that you love or the things you want to do was like so low yeah. that that, that speaks to something, right. That's not like you being lazy or like um, oh, it's weird in the world right now. Like, yeah, those things are true too. But like, if you're someone who's watching this right now, like you have a high value on health, like mm-hmm. a really high value. It's probably number one or number two, maybe number three in your life. And if you, the, when a value is that high and you lose your intrinsic drive to do it, that's suggesting something else is off in your life. Yeah. So I think this is a great example of, of what happens when you, um, support that value in a different way than just what's been done in the past. And you see this sort of breakthrough.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I wanted to back up on something that you said a little earlier about, uh, I guess too much. Did you say this too much protein kind of causing like a dysbiosis in the gut or an imbalance in the gut?
1: I I don't know that that's true, but I do think that malabsorbing protein Mm. can, can cause that.
0: Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, I just want to clarify that. Yeah. Cause I feel like I do see that happen a lot with people that I, like I said, I get messages on a daily basis from people that are trying to troubleshoot and there I'm like, yeah, you've got some kind of dysbiosis or something going on. Let's kind of look at what you're eating and then kind of needing to just back up out of that whole thing and saying, well, are you absorbing what you're eating? Are you able to utilize those nutrients properly? Or is it kind of just... <laughs> hanging out in your body, you know?
1: Yeah. It's, it's again, something that I would like to get the message out there about, which is, I mean, the first thing I want to just say for your followers specifically, is that like, if you've been doing a certain type of diet for say three months, Mm -hmm. even I would go as far as like six to eight weeks, but that some people don't like that, but three months seems like far enough for me to say like, if you're not getting the results, you would hope. So if you Mm. were sold that this was going to take care of your IBS, or if this was going to take care of your weight loss, or this was going to clear up your skin, whatever it might be. And you're not seeing those results in three months and you've been reasonably strict. Um, there's something else going on and Mm -hmm. more dietary changes are going to give you probably not the benefit you want. There's a law of diminishing returns that you're pushing up against. And so you might be on the ideal diet for you, but you're missing an assumption that your body can actually handle any diet, let alone Mm. the ideal diet. Gotcha. I think that's where some people get benefit. And then that benefit, like after four weeks, they're like, what's happening? Like the weight loss stopped. I plateaued. Mm -hmm. um, You know, I got like rid of most of my rosacea, but there's still a a patch here or there or, you know, whatever it might be. Like my, my fatigue is 50% better, but I'm sort of stuck. Uh, In those cases, that's when I think starting to question these assumptions like dietary or or not dietary, but digestion wise, like can your digestion actually do what it was designed to do? It might not be at this point. You might need to try something like our products. Um, The other one would be to question your hormones. Are Mm -hmm. your hormones beat up at this point? Are they dysregulated? And there's no amount of like biohacking that's going to fix them. And you need to get some real attention to get them re-regulated. And when you do suddenly things start to magically happen.
0: Yeah, Um, I agree a hundred percent, a hundred percent. It's, you know, looking at the, you say, you say, looking at digestion first and saying, (laughs) perhaps I need some support there. If I've been doing this and everyone says how amazing this diet is and how great it works. And I get this a lot. I mean, I get a lot of messages like this on uh, YouTube. I get tons of comments like this. Instagram, I get a ton of messages like this. "Of like, I'm doing this and I've had a lot of non-scale victories, but I've been doing this for six months. I've been doing this for a year. My weight hasn't budged or even worse, I'm starting to gain weight now. What do I do? And yeah, it's, I, I, the digestion part is huge. And then also hormonally um, people's adrenals are completely shot out or they've got a thyroid issue going on or sex hormones are tanked. It's, you know in the the diet i don't necessarily know i think it can help and support those things but they may need some outside help with that stuff
1: yeah 100% my you know my focus is is digestion first like i see the world through a digestive lens mm-hmm. so i always say like if the diet's not getting you where you want it and it's on a it's a reasonably uh like whatever whatever you're trying to solve for there's a bunch of other people like you who've gotten that solved from that mm-hmm. diet then great I would focus next on digestion if you work through your digestion like and and I don't mean like ad hoc meaning like well at other diets in other periods of your life you tried something like an HCL product or you tried a different enzyme product I mean like right now today you have to retest all these variables because you're a new person you're yep. different than what you were a year ago before the before the pandemic yeah like our stress levels, and our, our trust in life and trust in the system was probably a lot higher than it is now. And 100%. so those things matter when we're talking about stomach acid production, enzyme production, hormone production. And so start over, start fresh here, try something like our products. You know, I think we, we're still gonna give away the, the coupon we had last time to mm-hmm. get you guys to try it. If it doesn't work, we'll give you the refund and then you can go to the next step, which I think the next step is hormones. Yeah. Um, and really digging into that. Um, and, and the reason why is, what you said or what you were alluding to before is that um, ecosystems are a collection of, of, basically like rules or factors. So like a desert ecosystem is different from a mountain from the West coast to the East coast. Like these are different ecosystems. And so at this point in your, your life, you have a certain set of conditions inside of your gut that create a certain ecosystem. You might be a little older, a little younger, a little this hormone, a little that hormone, um, a lot of sunshine, not that much sunshine. Anyways, when you put in food into that, if you don't absorb it in the right time frame, then you're essentially creating an, an extra abundance of food for that ecosystem, which creates the opportunity for a dysbiotic microbiome. Mm. And so that's why I always go digestion first is because we know the microbiome's crazy important for all types of health, including weight loss and feeling good. And if we're not optimizing from the very beginning and making sure that we're getting the nutrients from the foods that we spend so much time and money on, and we're not creating the conditions for a dysbiotic gut, then once we rule those things out, then it's like, okay, now what's next? Well, hormones, detox, probably things like that. Those are probably the next two channels because they're, they're upstream a little bit from food and digestion and things like that.
0: Hey guys, I hope you are enjoying this episode. I love Steve. I might even have him back for a part three. I don't know. Let me, let me know. I love when you guys give me shout outs on social media, send me a screenshot, send me a message. So if you want me to have Steve back again for a third time, or maybe even to do an Instagram live, please do let me know. I did want to stop and thank Steve and Healthy Gut again for sponsoring this podcast episode. If you are interested in the products we're talking about, they are linked in the show notes for you and you can get a 15% off discount with free shipping for just for listening to the show, just for being a fan of the show. So I really appreciate that. And I also wanted to ask you guys if you don't mind heading over to Apple leave me a review leave me some stars it will help get this episode out to more people and that would be greatly greatly appreciated also, thanks again to Thrive, T-H-R-Y-V-E, for sponsoring this episode as well. As I mentioned in the very beginning, I'm really excited to just continue to monitor the progress of my gut as I add in these interventions. You know, if you don't test things, how do you know for sure if things are getting better? Obviously, I'm eating more protein. I'm feeling better. But if you don't test it, it's, it's sometimes just good to see that written there on the screen. So if you're curious about testing your gut and I definitely recommend retesting, it's dot com backslash carnivore yogi. You can use that link and get 50% off your test. All right, back to the show. Yeah, and and one of the things that you mentioned, just having this different physiology essentially than a lot of us had a year ago, is this whole stress component and you know stomach acid is a thing that people are talking about a little bit more and more in my community it's kind of started some interesting conversations and one of my friends who's a functional medicine doctor just had a post the other day talking about um, stress and stomach acid and and I you know we just don't we don't think about this stuff we're we're so like food focused and we're so like let's get the right stuff and and eat all the right things we don't think about does my body have? enough stomach acid to, to handle this. And, um, could you talk a little bit about just like stress and stomach acid real quick?
1: Yeah. So, um, so maybe people are familiar. There's, there's two basic sides of the central nervous system, the parasympathetic and the sympathetic and parasympathetic is associated with, you hear it called like rest and digest. Mm -hmm. Sympathetic is like fight or flight. Of course, that's a gross oversimplification, Application. And if you talk to a neuroscientist, there's more branches of the, the nervous system and cool stuff happening every day. But in general, for the basis of this conversation, for most humans, you should know that in general, you're always fluctuating between gas and brake, mm-hmm. resting and chilling, and then like full on something's happening, must pay attention. With what's happened in the last year, on top of what we've already created as humans with technology, which is, I think a blessing and a bit of a curse in some Mm -hmm. ways with all these alerts through all these devices, Um, this idea in the West where we always have to be achieving. And I'm super like, this is a lifelong issue for me. So I'm not preaching to anybody but myself at this point, but we've just set the conditions up for it to be hard for us to rest Mm -hmm. and be in the parasympathetic. And so there's this, this idea called tone, like what's your nervous system tone? And if you're more stressed, what we know, you know, you've heard, don't go swimming after you eat. Right. Have you heard that? that? Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. I used to swim as a kid and we always had to wait. I would get so pissed off (laughs) because we would stay at the pool all day but after we ate lunch, we had to sit for 20 minutes before we were allowed. This is my mom. You can't go back in the water till after you sat here for 20 minutes after you ate your lunch. And she was so strict about it and I hated it, but yes.
1: <laughs> so th- there's probably other reasons, but the, the one <laughs> thing that I love about that is I think it's related to upset digestion. Like you don't want yeah. your kids going in the pool and puking up what they just ate. <laughs> it's true. And when we eat, the majority of our blood rushes into our digestive area. Basically we need so many nutrients and so much blood flow to create that stomach acid, to create these, these enzymes, and then to begin to harvest and take it back out to other areas of our body. And so, um, it's a, it's the reason why most people don't want to eat and then work out. Like it, yeah, it's, I it's hate a physiologic, it. it's a physiologic change that your body's like, we don't, No, that's not how we do digestion. We do digestion when we're resting, we're in parasympathetic. And then once we do that, we can go play in the pool and we can be sympathetic and be all fun and, you know, excited. And so in today's world, I think it's really easy for us to live just up here in our heads Mm -hmm. and in our devices. And there's a lot of things to be uh, tracking and afraid of and all, all kinds of reasons why that might be happening. But, Physiology wise, if you're in sympathetic, you legitimately cannot get enough blood flow and nutrients into your stomach to make what scientists suggest is the right amount of stomach acid per meal. Mm -hmm. So every time you eat on the go, every time you eat, when you're like, just having super stressful events, um, I don't want to make those wrong, but I do want you to know that those are the times for sure that your stomach is going to be struggling and you're probably going to feel dysregulated, tired, upset the next two hours because your your digestion's just not getting what it needs, which is to be in parasympathetic. And mm-hmm. what's the best way to get there? Again, I go back to grandma's wisdom. You know, you don't have to be religious to, to get the wisdom here, which is say a prayer before you eat. Yes, whether you're religious or not, you can just do gratitude practice, but the idea of taking three deep breaths and just saying, thank you that you have this food could be enough to switch you, you know, out of that sympathetic more towards parasympathetic enough to get that digestion done. Right. So that that's like my big thing when it comes to stress is like physiology wise, we're not built to be stressed and digest. Like they're not
0: No, we can't have the gas and the brakes on at the same time, or the system is going to (laughs) break.
1: Right. Like your car gets pissed. Your body's going to be pissed.
0: Exactly. Yeah. That's, and I'm doing a whole bunch of other stuff on uh, trauma and, and I'm seeing this gas and brakes thing happening to so many people and they've been doing it for so many years. And I think that breaks the gut down big time, big, big time. So yeah, <laughs> that, that's,
1: And that's the other thing that I want people to really get is that sometimes we need a pill intervention. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's a pharmaceutical drug. Sometimes that's a supplement that you don't want to have to need or whatever, but our body works in feedback loops and digestion, especially and a lot of health conditions work on these sort of um, forward feeding loops where like, once you start slipping down the side of the hill, it's so hard to get your, like to stop it and to like get a foothold and start to climb back out of that hill. And so like, let's say you are one of these people who just been pushing it really hard because of your family and your work Mm -hmm. and like all for really good reasons, but you've been maybe not resting as much and not digesting as much. And that essentially creates the malnutrition we've talked about that can create Mm -hmm. the dysbiotic microbiome, the microbiome then starts to steal nutrients, which causes more malabsorption. And then it also tends to try to do things like maybe create a leaky gut or shut down your stomach acid or steal your enzymes or inactivate your enzymes to create more, more of its own species. It's one, it wants a better habitat. It's like, you know, it's like anything, it's like an ant colony, like it's going to create changes inside of you. That's going to allow more of that to grow. And so once you start to slip down the dysbiotic rabbit hole or the gut damaged rabbit hole. Even if you start to stop the conditions, like you start to rest more or you mm-hmm. start to eat a different diet, you may have done enough ecological damage inside of your gut that you're going to have to bring in some supplements for a while to really build yourself back out of that downward spiral. And I think, I think a lot of people don't appreciate that. They sort of like, have this trust that like my body will heal itself. Yes. And it will, I don't need to like spend this extra time and money on this other stuff.
0: Yeah. I hear that a lot from people that they just are like, well, you know, in the community I'm in meat heals is a hashtag and people are like using it as a panacea for everything. I'm like, you guys, yeah, it's great to have these amazing building blocks for your body. However, you know, some of us need support, you know, there's nothing wrong with, I think going on a protocol for a while. And it's not a permanent thing, just like people are so against adding in any kind of bioidentical hormones, you know, they're like, no, that's, I can't use any kind of support like that. And I'm like, well, there's to find the right practitioner. There's a time and place for everything, you know, and considering what a lot of us have been through in the last year, some people way worse than others. It's like, yeah, I think some of us do need some support right now for sure.
1: Yeah, I, I would agree hundred percent with that. And I like to think of it for some people because they have a hard time. And, and I was, I was that person like full disclosure. I went through a phase where I was like, I don't want to take any pills. Mm-hmm. I want to get to the point where I rebuild my body so that I don't, I don't need any support. I want to be so resilient and so able to like enter the zombie apocalypse that You know, like I don't, I'll be totally okay when the world melts down. So I had a whole many year journey on that, that front. And what I found was like the zombies aren't coming. And then also I, you know, I might've done too much damage and I made it come with enough genetic deficits that that type of living might not be a reality for me. And once I accepted that and I just kind of got my core essential supplement routine down, Like I felt so much better and I had to stop like fighting against this invisible ghost, like that I should be something that I don't feel good doing. Um, So that's, that's where I'm coming from. I went, I went through that phase. And I mean, I just think like, again, I I like to like try to get people to think about who they admire. Maybe they admire you, Sarah. Maybe they admire um, a really amazing athlete or a really amazing Businesswoman or something like that, and I like to like check in. What if you'd like to be like that person? What does it require to be that person? Mm-hmm. And at least athletically, we know that they're taking
0: all kinds of pills. Oh yeah, like oh yeah,
1: like like even to be a college level athlete these days, you're on a ridiculous amount of of pills. If mm-hmm. you want to be like an anti aging queen, like those those women. Um, you know, I I know because my fiance is kind of part of that tribe a little bit. And the amount of stuff that they do on a regular basis to look that good is, is spectacular. It's much more than I thought. Um, And so if you look at like top performing CEOs, they have therapists, they have mental coaches, they have nutritionists, they have crazy supplement routines. Um, They have personal trainers. So like, if we're trying to emulate and be the best self that we can be, the healthiest, most resilient self, I think it's cool to look at people who we think have attained that and see what habits do they have. And what I found is the majority of them are still using quite a bit of nutrition, quite a bit of supplementation, and sometimes, like you said, uh, bioidentical hormones, um, you know, other other methods, basically.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one person in my private group, because I kind of asked them if you had, if they had questions, he wanted to know, you know, how long someone would really need to be on uh, HCL enzymes, if they were going on that sort of a protocol, what, what do you see as average? And I know that's a pretty hard answer question to answer, but I was just curious if, if you had an answer to that.
1: So I think it's different based on where you are in your healing journey. Mm -hmm. so if you're someone who's digging your health or digging your way out of a a health hole or a chronic illness, it's going to be longer than you want it to be. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's usually the answer. Like, you know, you're in your mind, you're like six months. I'm going to tell you that most chronic illnesses from what I've seen can have a, a mostly full reversal on like a full suite of what we've talked about here today. not just our products or whatever, you know, our products don't solve any conditions. They're just supportive for everything. Um, 12 months minimum 24 months most likely because we're not robots we have other stressors we have kids we have jobs we want to go travel like there's you know to be a human and think you can make linear progress is yeah Mm -mm. it's what our ego wants but it's not practical so what i've seen for most people is 12 to 24 months of like digestive focus can really change things um in a, in a really good way where you can start to wean off things. Um, and, and I'm also a proponent to, to iterate faster. Mm -hmm. Like I said, if you don't see changes from a diet in four weeks, I'm like, that's the wrong diet for you. Mm -hmm. Or you don't have the capacity to even digest any diet. Mm. So like, I, I'm a big proponent of really, really quick iterations when it comes to health, these people out there, that are like, Oh, you have to go, you know, six months before it happens. Yeah. A year. That's, that's insane. Like who has a year to wait for this kind of thing when our bodies are way more intelligent than our brain is. And our body's going to give us clues. If the weight's not coming off, if your stools are still too loose or too constipated, if you're still beloaded, if you still can't handle fat, these are, you know, these are very important clues. Your body's way more intelligent than somebody saying, Oh, took me 12 months. So that's, yeah. Clearly, what it'll take you.
0: I had, there's this one woman who is kind of in the community who said, Oh, well, for weight loss, it took me 10 years to see the scale to move. I literally almost fell out of my chair. I'm like, No, I'm, for someone to lose weight, it shouldn't take. 10 years for you to start to see results. Like you need, you'll, you'll know pretty soon if it's going to work for you or if it's not going to work for you. If you start to see weight gain in that time period, then it's probably not the right thing for you. You probably need to make some changes and shift for sure.
1: Yeah. Look, the trend is your friend. So if the trend is weight loss, like, cause there is also that maxim that as humans, we often overestimate what we can do in three months and underestimate what we can achieve in three years. Like yep. it's like, I do it all the time, actually, like I'm famous for it. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to have a six pack and I'm going to be, you know, I don't know, like doubling the company and and also having these amazing, like sexy trips with my wife. And, you know, like, yeah. like no, I can't achieve all of that in three months, like maybe at the end of three months. I'm the
0: same way. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, so the goal is like, get some wins, like whatever diet you're on, get a few wins. That's a good indication that you're on the right trend. And then if the trend plateaus out, that's a good indication that either that diet needs some modification, which you'll probably try first, which is natural. And something that I actually encourage for, for people with digestive conditions as well. Um, but if it keeps being flat for another couple of weeks, then it's time to assume that there's other things to uncover for you. And for that woman who went 10 years, that's great. Everyone has their own path, right? Like my path is not your path. It's everyone's their own path. I happen to want to go really fast and get yeah. results fast. Yeah. So that's where these recommendations come. So if you're on like the the, the hyper growth uh, type A person, that's what I would recommend. Immediately go to these digestive aids. Start trying those. If they give you another little bump and they give you other indications that, like, oh yeah, wow, it was subtle, but my sleep scores are better. My energy's better. Mm-hmm. My desire to do my hobbies is better. Like these are all good, simple, but very powerful trend symbols, basically, yeah. that your digestion was a little out of whack. But then it probably plateaus out again. And then you're like, man, what's going on? Well, you might have a calorie issue. Maybe now you're harvesting yeah. so many calories that your weight is going up. Like we, we've had this happen in our community. They go, they wanna lose weight, they go on these supplements and they change their digestion so much that suddenly they start gaining weight and they're very, very upset. Yeah. Rightfully so. And I'm like, okay, well tell me about your meals. Tell me about your macronutrients. And it, I, it turns out they're like really, really overeating. And this idea mm-hmm. that calories doesn't matter, I think is total Ugh, baloney. I agree. agree. Um, you know, you can't, you can't eat 3,500 calories a day as a 140 pound woman and expect to lose weight. Like, no, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's not, not unless you're not, unless you're working out like two hours a day, maybe. But so then we have to like revisit some other assumptions like that you can eat this many calories. And so we reduce the calories or that doesn't work. And then we go to the hormones and we find out estrogens in the, in the tubes, like there's no mm-hmm. estrogen or there's no progesterone right. or there's no cortisol. Um, get those things corrected. And, and like really magical things can happen when you start to work this sort of stair-step process to weight loss.
0: Yeah. I feel like that's where a lot of my people get to is like, the digestion, they need to work on that first, but then the hormones are imbalanced. And sometimes just going to get a blood test to figure out what's going on with your hormones is not going to be sufficient. You're going to probably need to go get a Dutch test and work with a practitioner who can use that Dutch test to tell you what's going on. Like you need to go a little bit more in depth than just a simple blood test a lot of the time, because yeah, if you have for women that i work with a lot of the time have really low progesterone and they're starting to be really estrogen dominant. And, you know, the low cortisol thing, they've just had the gas on for so long that their adrenals are completely exhausted and cortisol is at the point where it's low. And so more calorie deficit for those people is just going to kind of make things worse. I think.
1: Yeah. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Whether you use, you know, much more detailed blood chemistry than what the average doctor is going to give you or you yeah. use a Dutch test or you use a combo of the two or ZRT. It doesn't matter. It's all re- it's all really relevant data, but always put it in context of your body. Like what yeah. is your body telling you? Like, are you over 50 and like menopause is real and it's really happening? Like you don't have an estrogen issue or you don't have a progesterone issue. Usually at that point, you usually have an estrogen issue at that
0: right. point. Exactly. You
1: know, are you 40 and you're resisting the fact that you're now 40 and you're actually starting to experience perimenopause a little earlier than you wanted. Right. I know a lot of women in in our community are in that boat and it's a touchy subject. I get it. But if we're talking health is our first value and then, you know, directness and your feelings are lower than that. There's a lot of women out there who are really struggling with weight loss because they're actually having these, these massive hormonal fluctuations, not necessarily due to anything we've talked about today, but literally due to your ovaries are beginning to shut
0: down. Right. Women, we have organ failure. (laughs) Like it's crazy where we stay alive and have organ failure. Like, and we don't, we don't talk about it that much, um, because it's kind of a taboo subject. Like you said, people don't necessarily want to admit that it's happening we look down upon it in society a lot. And so it's not really a talked about conversation. And so what I see a lot of people doing is just struggling and like, well, let me cut my calories more, exercise more. And it's like, we got to work with, we got to look at some, some other things, you know? Uh,
1: Yeah, 100%. It's a, it's too taboo. It's something that I hope to do a lot more work on in the future. Um, And I, and I, I hope that women listening and men who have women in their lives listening really, really understand menopause, like really understand perimenopause. It's no joke um, as far as what it's going to do to you physiologically. And then what that causes for insulin resistance, cortisol Mm -hmm. issues, and then, and then the cascade across like um, your neurotransmitters, your moods, like how your desire to eat, um, your desire to, deal with your your emotions that are caused by like a massive estrogen drop or a massive progesterone drop like that's real yeah. that is 100% real that's not your fault and if you deal with those things through food you're going to sabotage your weight weight gain or weight loss goals yeah. and and so working through those i think is again another 5 to 25% of the problem right like if you have a if you have a body that has maybe it gets 15% improvement from the digestive AIDS. And then it gets like 30% improvement from the hormone stuff we're talking about. Um, maybe has have needs a little glutathione or needs a little liver support we mm-hmm. could, you know, quickly, you could be losing 50% more weight per month, everything you're doing, you could get a 50% gain by optimizing these other body systems. And yep. I, yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. I love this conversation. I've got, um, Dr. Anna Cabeca is coming on in a couple of days. Okay. I'm going to talk with her. I know you've been on, uh, on her platform a few times, but yeah, I'm I, my kind of goal now with my platform is I just want to provide people with resources because we and talk about topics that other people aren't talking about, you know, perimenopause and um, even women in menopause that are just absolutely so frustrated, hitting their heads against the wall. And we have to, like you said, start with the digestion. That's the easiest, like box to kind of check off that people are number one, they're not even checking that box off. Right. And then we have to kind of look a little bit further and and have some more conversations about these things. Um, because what happens is people are just so distraught and so upset. And it's like, this, is, you know, we, we have to, we have to look at these things.
1: Yeah, 100%. And I think you know there's there's just so much that goes into our physiology like we didn't even touch on on using enzymes without food so using like right alcohol oh alcohol yeah drugs. the
0: fasting yeah
1: yeah um the so just like women's ovaries are shut down just like any person's stem cells begin to get shut down our enzyme function begins to go down as we age as well mm. and Taking enzymes, there's been a lot of studies on some other brands of systemic enzyme therapy. Um, and it is sometimes dependent on the type of strain of enzyme, but there's also plenty of research that shows that it's not super strain specific. So it's kind of up in the air which one's true. But what I've seen is like with with our holozymes, like I've had chronically high uric acid for a while. Because mm. remember, I'm I'm a I was never fully carnivore. Yeah. And my natural tendency is actually more carnivore than it would be more vegetarian yeah i crave protein i crave meat um and i'm a type a and i tend to make i I tend to forget about vegetables and like they go bad in the refrigerator (laughs) and i feel bad about that and i feel bad about the environment and so anyways that's my own baggage but (laughs) my my bent is more meat more fat yeah and carbs and less um and by carbs, I mean, like starches and things like that yeah. and less vegetables. And after, I mean, I've been doing these types of diets since 09. And so that we're working on like a, what, 11 and a half years or so here. Um, somewhere in the middle there, as at the time, like an early thirties guy, I started getting the symptoms of gout. Mm. And my test had showed that I had high uric acid for a little while and I was beside myself. I'm like, how can I be this knowledgeable about functional medicine and digestion? And I'm having these symptoms. And now suddenly it's impacting my ability to exercise, to walk the dogs. Like what is going on? I'm 32. Like, like I'm not 32 now. I'm 35, but what is going on? And I tried changing my diet, but like, as I lowered my protein, I, I had like all these other cravings. Yes.
0: That's what happened with me. I just wanted to eat more. And it was like, well, this sucks.
1: (laughs) Totally. So then I was like, well, obviously I I need that. My body craves that. Yeah. So then I tried a bunch of supplements like cherries and some other herbs and things. And those didn't do anything. And I was like, man, I'm going to have to go on a prescription drug like allopurinol for the rest of my life. And there's some serious side effects when it Mm. comes to that and i was in denial i i was struggling and i didn't want anybody to know i mean i i did i did like shaman work on my toe i did like stem cell therapy on my toe i did i paid uh, a lot of money for that toe to stop hurting and uh-huh. not be uric acid related and you know once i dove into the enzyme research rabbit hole 2 years ago and i started to learn about the systemic blood clearing effects of enzymes, whether that's improving blood flow, um, cleaning up proteins in the blood, uh, cleaning up other toxins in the blood. Um, there's a, a number of benefits on systemic enzyme therapy. Uh, the the PhD that we ended up partnering with, he was like, oh yeah, we, we give this, we, we actually have um, preclinical pilot trials for gout and holozyme. And I was like, what? Are you kidding oh, me? Wow. like, oh yeah. And so I, I you know, I try everything. I, I buy all the miracles and I try them. And then <laughs> I try to report on what works. Same. And um, so I, you know what? I bought a bunch of his product before we even partnered to test it on myself. And sure enough, when I was systemically dosing that at night in like 14 days, the pain in my toe went away. Wow. And my uric acid numbers have normalized. And so um, I'm not saying that holozyme is a gout treatment at all. It's not. We only have like a few, like six person clinical trials and my N equals one. Um, But it does appear that whether you're taking our enzyme or another enzyme, that systemic use of enzymes is a very, I think, important and overlooked anti-aging weight loss, athletic boosting option that people have just overlooked because it's not that sexy. It's not, um, yeah. it's not a hormone. It, it's much more at a fundamental level of cleaning the blood, improving blood circulation, um, potentially balancing the immune system by helping break down immune cytokines and other kind of weird just junk that gets stuck in our, our blood. Um, and so I, I'm a big proponent. I hope to be able to fund some research in the coming years, but I did want to bring that up because I know that that was part of the, yeah. the questions from the community.
0: Yeah. I know that a lot of, there's a lot of people that do fast and they want to get autophagy. They want to get the, all the benefits of fasting. I also have a lot of people that do have adrenal issues that do have those kind of hormonal problems where they can't do a ton of fasting. And so they can't necessarily get autophagy because they can't do a long fast. It's too difficult. It's too stressful on their body. And I'm kind of in that place with my body without, you know, I did a ton of fasting and caused some serious damage, sent myself into, um, early menopause, which I'm totally reversed out of. Thank goodness. I was in my last blood work and everything is like going great for me in that department. Um, but I have not been doing a lot of fasting over the last year. Cause I've just said no, after doing all this kind of damage to myself. And so one of the things that I have done um, with the enzymes that's cool is since I've been doing some food reintroductions, you know, I don't know if you can relate to this, but you try to be so careful. (laughs) totally, And then you have the day where you're just like, screw it. I'm not going to, you know, you're just not as careful. And then you have the flare of your like, oh my God. And so one of the things that I did was I go in your, your Facebook group, the coaching group, that's cool. You know, everyone can get into once they've bought the product and your repair guide using the enzymes of like, take this many per meal and then take this before bed. And I was like floored at how quickly I felt better because when I would have a, um, the reason I went on a carnivore diet is because I was flaring with everything. Everything was causing me like joint pain, eczema, like I was just a disaster. And so I had to get the inflammation down. Um, So now that I'm trying to add stuff back in, I'm trying to avoid, you know, going back there. And I was just shocked at how quickly, like I was fine because a flare like that before would set me out for like a week. I would be absolutely miserable, but um, yeah. So that's why I wanted to bring that in. It's because I don't think people understand like the healing power that these enzymes can actually have for your gut.
1: Yeah, and and I'm really glad that you are able to tell that story, and I I totally relate. I mean, being that we're recording this just after Easter, I mean yeah. it's a, that would be a common day for me to go go to town and really give way to other other values, I guess than, than health. Um, but yeah, that that's born out of my own my, my own issues around family time and eating and and hedonism. Um, but yeah, you can, with the right support, you can recover pretty quickly from a, from a mishap that is a trigger event. Um, and it does, you know, require like, were you taking like six per meal and six before mm-hmm. bed? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, we, we have a lot of similar stories of people who are, uh, having a trigger event or having a food reinduction event or get glutened or whatever, and they're just totally dysregulated and mm-hmm. nothing's working. And we get them on that six per meal, six before bed. And days later, they're like, wow, I don't know. This is weird. I thought I was going to have a totally, you know, my week was going to be totally off. Yeah. Um, So it's, yeah, because I mean, essentially you're, 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 you're supporting the entire digestive tract, but then you're also trying to clean up any sort of immune dysregulation, blood flow, irregularities, maybe extra um, things that made it into blood that weren't supposed to be there. So that's the sort of, doing it both. And, um, it can be a pretty, pretty targeted combo that, um, you know, we see a lot of, uh, joint pain, um, improvements. Like I said, we see some uric acid improvements, um, you know, pain in general, you know, like skin issues in general. Mm -hmm. Um, so those are all pretty good signs. Again, I have to keep saying, you know, medical disclaimer, whole don't treat any condition. They're just supportive for, for various conditions. Um. Yeah,
0: Yeah, I feel like I see so many people that just have these issues with I just saw a friend of mine was posting that he went out to dinner with his family and he's like and I'm so careful and I'm so strict and then they had used some spices on his steak and he was just like a complete mess that ruined his entire weekend. And he's not using any of these products, but I kind of wanted to message him, be like, hey, (laughs) you should try these out. I think it could be really helpful for you if you get into that situation. Or, you know, like I said, there's a lot of people that have tried carnivore and they're ready to to start adding some foods back in. And so I had kind of discovered you and this whole, all of your products, like right at the same time that I've been on a food reintroduction journey since the beginning of this year. So it's been- um, extremely helpful.
1: That yeah, that's beautiful. I mean, I think that's where enzymes are my favorite. Like, I mean, I really like to try butyrin X. I think that's yeah. a beautiful, beautiful supplement for anybody who's having food sensitivities, leaky gut-related issues, um, loose stool related issues, microbiome related issues. Like it's a beautiful product. HCL guard's a beautiful product. But like if you take all those products away and I only get one, I'm gonna keep my holozymes because mm-hmm. They're so universal, whether, because in the, in the case of your friend, I mean, there's no way to ever really know, did he get gluten? Did he get, um, you know, can he not do peppers? And so he got, they use some, some cayenne, is he dairy intolerant such that butter triggered him? Like, there's no way to know which one. And so you can't just go to the restaurant with your gluten digesting enzyme and be like, wow, this will take care of me. Um, Because (laughs) I mean, maybe but the the reasons why we react to food can be so many.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I know we've talked for a little while. I'm trying to see (laughs) if there's any other little thing that we can um, add in here with just add to this whole conversation of just um, how these products can be supportive, how they can help people that are really struggling. Can you think of anything else to add to what we've already talked about?
1: No, I mean, I think, I think the message we're saying today is um, question the assumption that your body's capable of digesting whatever diet you're on and question the assumption that the diet alone is what you need for whatever goal you have.
2: Mm.
1: And if you are willing to entertain those assumptions, which I think are very important, um, try some type of gut protocols. And then at that point, just know that not all gut protocols are <laughs> built anywhere near equal.
2: Mm-mm.
1: So just like um, there's certain types of diets that maybe neither one of us would put put each other on, and some <laughs> we would. Um, there's certain uh, there's certain philosophies in gut health, right? There's mm-hmm. like the kill it all philosophy, like you clearly have worms and creepy crawlies, and yeah, go on these killing protocols for months. Um, I'm not a fan of those. I'm a fan of when you have a test result that shows that you have a certain creepy crawly to go ahead and go on a sixty day killing program and then retest. Like use some um, science here. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm, a, <laughs> yeah. I'm a big fan of I'm, I'm a big fan of killing protocols and even pharmaceutical options for that when it's known. Yeah. Um, you have other people who are like, well, you just need to like take a probiotic and a prebiotic. And I'm a, I take probiotics and prebiotics every day. I'm always rotating through just testing new ones. I think the gut responds to really well to a variety of, of probiotics and prebiotics. Um, but again, that's, that's not addressing the fundamental assumption of can your gut do the intended job, which is, which is to break down your food into nutrients and absorb those nutrients so your body can use them. And so That's where something like our healthy gut lineup is intended to basically go through and say like, okay, is your stomach the problem? Yes or no. Is your small intestine the problem? Yes or no. Is it more your your lower small intestine, your large intestine? Yes or no. Um, So there are other companies that make other products. I'm biased because I've partnered with some of the smartest PhDs in the world and done my own homework for a long time on these products and created what I think are the best in class. And I think our results show that. Um, but the point is, is that if you have some B10 HCL in your cupboard and it's not HCL guard, it doesn't contain ginger and intrinsic factor and DGL and things like that, but you have some, or you can get some for cheap from your neighbor. Try it within one to three pills. You'll know if your stomach's part of the problem. Like if you have a leftover enzyme in the house or your wife or your husband has one, just because it's not our brand, and just because you might need a lot more of it than our brand potentially because it's not as activated, doesn't mean you shouldn't go grab it and start testing it right after you watch this video. Um, I'm just a big proponent on taking action. Like, don't just consume information about that diet might not be the only way or that you might have some assumptions that should be questioned. Like, go for it this week. Like, make this week digestion week. And yeah. to be frank, like, I, by the time you watch this and and try some of ours, which we we are doing the fifteen dollars off coupon and free shipping still, um, we can't get those to you by the like within the next three days. Like it's just right. not happening. Right. Um, the way the way the postal service and the way everything's working right now, it's not it's yeah. not gonna work. So I don't want that to slow you down from making progress. So I I, I think that's sort of my takeaways from
0: our talk today. I love it. I think that's great. And like like we were talking about a little bit before I turned the camera on is like my whole evolution, my whole platform has been like, wow, this has helped me so much. Let me start an Instagram page and let me just share about what's going on. And this is just another part of that evolution. Is like, okay, you know, this diet was great and everything, but I didn't know how much better my digestion could be. I didn't know how much more energy I could actually have if I started absorbing my nutrients and that I could actually eat more protein. I thought I was just going to have to eat like a lower moderate protein diet forever. Cause it just was making me feel like crap. So, you know, I'm just really grateful that we've connected and that, you know, hopefully this message will get out to some other people. And like you were saying, if you've got some enzymes and HCL, just start, you know, just see if this is part of that solution for you is the digestion piece. So thanks again for, for coming and talking today.
1: Yeah, you're so welcome. And just, just to say that in case they're listening on their phone or something, it's HCL um, it's HealthyGut.com <laughs> forward slash C the letter C H C L for an HCL guard coupon and C forward slash C H O L for a holozyme. Uh, coupon, and so I think you'll put those links.
0: Yep, really they'll linked be linked in the if, on podcast format in the show notes, and then on YouTube in the information section, so they can get a hold of those. And I've actually put them now. I love them so much; they're on my bio on my Instagram. So you go to the link in my bio, and you can find them there as well. Oh, awesome! Very yeah. cool. yeah, cool. Well, thanks again we'll have yeah, to do this again. So much, <laughs> yeah, awesome. yeah,
1: people write in or they have other questions or we want to go deep on a particular topic. I you know I appreciate you and and I love this type of work. So
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, for being a fan of the show, and I really do appreciate all the love and support I've gotten from starting this podcast. I'm having a lot of fun doing it. I just love finding out things for you guys. I love finding out new information, so please do take a screenshot, share this on social media. Head on over to Apple, leave me a review. I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. And thanks again to Healthy Gut for sponsoring this episode. Again, the links for Healthy Gut, 15% off and free shipping are in the show notes. And also thank you to Thrive for sponsoring this episode. You can again head on over to the show notes or just type in www.trythrive.com backslash carnivore yogi to get 50% off of your gut health test and I definitely recommend retesting like I mentioned before this was my third gut health test and I've seen improvements in some way on every test so that is really exciting to know I'm on the right track I'm doing the right thing So thanks again for listening to the show, you guys, and I will talk with you again soon. Next week, we've got Dr. Stephen Hussey on the podcast. We're going to talk about cholesterol. Are these high-fat diets going to ruin your cholesterol cholesterol numbers? Are they going to make you have heart disease, a stroke, all that stuff? We're going to talk about it. So I'm really excited to get that episode to you guys next week, and I've got a lot more amazing guests coming down the line. All right, talk to you soon.